All right, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Church, and we are rocking and rolling on a new sermon series today. We are starting off 40 days in the Word. 40 days in the Word. I hope you had a great time with the experience of the Holy Ghost, uh, trying to know and understand the ghost. That was our last sermon series. You can get all those online if you miss one. But we are going to be moving forward now with 40 days in the Word. And over these next five weeks, as we travel together, this is an ancient ritual path that Christians have taken for generations upon generation upon generation. This is something, a special time that Christian, the Christian church sets aside leading up to Easter and the Holy Week experience. It sometimes goes by the name of Lent. Have you heard of Lent before? How many of you have heard of Lent before? Okay, so many of you have heard of it before. So this, these, these next couple weeks of Lent, we as a church body are setting aside, we are establishing these weeks to really uh, go deeper, to spend an, an extra amount of time preparing our hearts, preparing our minds, preparing our spirits for the experience of once again coming back to the Easter story. These five weeks really get us ready for remembering and joining ourselves again to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. And so that's what we're going to do over these next five weeks is prepare ourselves for Easter in this Lenten journey, this journey to Easter. And and the way that we're going to do that, the way that we begin to prepare and lead ourselves to Easter is by spending time in the Word. We are going to spend time grounded, building our lives around, steeped in the Word. And we're going to start with a little bit of Word this morning, right away. It comes out of uh, the book of Colossians. This is all on your half sheet if you want to follow around, along. Otherwise, you got your, your uh, app or your own Bible with you. This is the verse for this morning that we are just going to be kind of uh, staying, staying attuned to. So highlight this on your phone. Highlight this on your iPad. Highlight this in your, your Bible. Circle this one. You've probably heard of John 3.16, but Colossians 3.16 is an equally awesome verse. Here you go. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So we are going to strive to allow God's word, the word of Christ, make its home and and live, dwell within each one of us over these next five weeks. We are going to be spending 40 days in the word. Now, when we say the word word, it's, uh, it comes with a bunch of connotations. Uh, the way that we are going to most often be referring to the word word, when I say that, I mean the Bible. Have you ever heard the Bible described as the word? You ever watch like late night TV preachers? This is probably only me and Pastor Bob. We tell you guys about this all the time, right? The word, right? And they get going and get rolling on it. And they're always referring to the word. And it's like, how many syllables can they fit into the word word? It's only one syllable. But if you stretch it out, it becomes more and that much more impactful, right? So we're talking about the word. When we spend 40 days in the word, we are going to be spending 40 days looking at and examining, striving to open up and understand the word, the written word of God, the Bible, the scriptures is another way of describing it, the scriptures, 
That's all the same thing. Bible, Word, Scriptures, boom. This is it. This is what we're going to be spending 40 days in. This is the written Word of God. See, what happened is back in the day, this thing has been compiled over, over generations, over millennia. It used to be uh, passed down through oratory. It used to be an oral uh, tradition where God's people would pass along the stories of what God had said and what God had done from one generation to the next. And then they're like, oh my gosh, we're getting too big here. We should like really write some of this stuff down because this is too good to lose. And so they began writing God's word down and then compiling that with different ways of, of interpretation and understanding. And it's just, it's an incredible, incredible thing. The Word, the Bible, is an amazing library of books. You see, what's amazing about this is the word Bible uh, is, is translated from the word, uh, Greek word biblio, and it means library. This is the reason that this book is so big. It's not one book. This is a biblio, a library of smaller books, okay? You don't need the library card to check this thing out. Uh, This is, though, a library, a collection of different stories, songs, writings, historical pieces, commentary, analogies, metaphors. This thing is so incredibly chocked full of amazing, powerful, and transformative words. This is the Word of God. We're going to be spending 40 days in the Word of God. The sad reality is, though, that for many of us, when we think about it and when we look at the Bible, uh, we have a lot of predispositions, okay? We have a lot of predispositions and a lot of thoughts because somewhere along the way, someone might have described you, whether you're Christian or not Christian, you might have come in contact with this as kind of the Holy Bible before. And the sad reality is, uh, sometimes we don't have good impressions of the Bible. In fact, uh, I have a distinct memory of, of, you know, when I think of the Bible, my earliest memories of the Bible uh, is this giant family Bible. How many of y'all got a big family Bible at home? All right, some of you guys, right? It used to be a thing, like back in the day, where you had this big family Bible. And so my dad took this giant family Bible down from the shelf, dusted it off, because it had two inches of dust. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, right and he cracks open the cover it's real ornate and really big and beautiful i would actually never read the thing like a book because it'd be like you know like flipping a page just like that because it's so big it's just unwieldy but on the inside was our family tree you guys ever had like that was like a thing back in the day where you like could you you would track your family tree and then you'd put that on the inside of your family bible and then you would hand it down one generation to the next so my first impressions or my predisposition to the bible was this old dusty unused thing on the top shelf now fortunately i grew up in an environment where I was exposed to a fun, accessible, uh, comic-based Bible. And as a kid, I was like, that's my kind of Bible. I'm all about that one. This one, eh, not so much. The point is this, though. What stories or what experiences did you have in your past that helped shape your understanding and approach to the Bible? How would you describe this? Based on your experiences, what are the adjectives that you would use to describe the scriptures, the word, the Bible. Dusty, unused, discarded, 
Uh, have you ever seen the Bible been misused or misquoted or used destructively? Dangerous? Hurtful? Uh, intimidating? This thing's huge. Where do I start? How am I supposed to open this thing up? It was written in Greek and Hebrew. I don't know Greek. I don't know Hebrew. I do, but you know what I'm saying. I didn't back in the day. It's intimidating. I don't know what to do with this thing. Where do I start? Do I just do like, that's where I'm starting. You ever do that? We've all done that, haven't we? Right? How would you describe this book? Complex. It's so rich in terms of its diversity of literature that that it's so important that we actually take the time to learn the different perspectives of the writers because the writers are trying to convey different things. And so then you get overwhelmed by it. And then you just, in the end, so many of us, we don't get familiar with the word. We don't know how. We don't know how. And our predispositions become barriers that get in the way. Our experiences of the past become barriers that inhibit us from sitting down and discovering firsthand the Word. Over the next 40 days, our goal as a church body is to set aside those predispositions and begin to experience and expose ourselves to the Word of God and allow it to inform and transform us to set aside our predispositions and to firsthand learn the Word. Learn and experience the Word. That verse from Colossians actually invites us to do that. It says, let the Word, let. Uh, It's an invitation. Let the Word, let, let, let the Word impact you. Let the Word become part of your daily life. Let the Word be be surrounding your family and let the Word become part of your language and the way that you think. Let the Word transform and inform your decision making. Let the Word be a part of your life. Set aside the predispositions so that you can firsthand experience it. Let the Word is an invitation to learn the Word for ourselves and not through the experiences or lenses of the past. But in this moment and in this time, right now, get to know the Word. Now, the reason that this is so important, the reason that this is so vital to the Christian life and the Christian walk is because these words are just not simply any words. Uh, there's, I'm a huge fan of literature. I was an English major as well, as well as a religion major in college. I love literature, and there's so much good literature out there. There are poems, there are uh, incredible uh, narratives and epics and stories, but these words are different. These are not just some great philosopher's words. These are not just some great poetry made to feel you warm and fuzzy. These words, we believe as a Christian body, that if you're a Christian, you see and understand these words are Christ's words. These are God's words. This is no small matter. This is no small thing. When you open this up and begin to see it and read it firsthand for yourself and experiencing it, you are exposing yourself to the eternal 
all-powerful creator God in his redemptive narrative story and the characters therein. You are exposing yourself to the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. You, when you open this up, when you read the written word, you begin to hear from the living word. When you read the written word, you begin to hear from the living word. You see, the living word is, is Jesus Christ himself. The Bible, the word, describes Jesus as the word, the word of God. It uses a title for him is the word of God. So when you read the written word, you are giving Jesus Christ the opportunity to speak directly to you in regards to your circumstances and situations in your life. When you're, when you're struggling and when you're hurting and when you're facing difficulty and you feel like you don't know what God has to say to you and what God has said over you and what God has done for you, where do you go? The Word. If you want to hear and understand the future that God has in store for you, where do you go? The Word. If you want to know who God is, what kind of God you have, not just some floating amoeba out there, but an actual God that you can be an experienced relationship with, where do you go? The Word. Because through this Word, Jesus will speak into your life. I don't know how to describe it other than to say it's happened to me. And I believe it's happened to others in this room as well. Where you have read something in here, and all of a sudden it felt like Jesus Christ were speaking those words directly to you in your circumstance and in your situation. You see, so often we build our lives around different words. How many of you were with us on Ash Wednesday, on Ash Wednesday evening? Good, fair number. So we spent Ash Wednesday recognizing that when we build our lives, when our lives are built up, it has a host of different variety of facets that comprise our life. We use the image of a Jenga. You guys ever played Jenga growing up? You guys know what a Jenga is, right? And, and the reality is that, that when, when we have brokenness and hurt and pain that get in as a part of our life, it forces out the good stuff. And when you force out the good stuff, when you take away God's words and what God promises and what God wants for you, life just seems to fall apart, does it not? Have you ever had life fall apart on you? Yeah, totally. And yet, if we take the time to build our lives upon the foundation uh, with the base of what Christ says to us and what Christ has done for us, if we build our lives and our understanding of who we are, our identity, based on God's word rather than the world's words, we can weather the storm. We can deal with the ups and downs. We can not only get through life, but we can thrive when our lives are built upon God's word. 
as part of Ash Wednesday, we, can, we, we, we went into a time of confession where we actually wrote on Jenga pieces our words that creep into our lives, confession words. Uh, there were words like anxiety, fear, self-doubt, pornography, greed. I mean, it just goes on and on. We all have that sense of brokenness that creeps into our lives. And yet, we find that when you open up the written word and let Jesus Christ speak to you, you begin to experience forgiveness, hope, resurrection, a future, encouragement, strength. When you open up the written word, the living word is going to speak words of healing into your life. Like, Pastor, I'm just really struggling lately. I'm just really having a hard time at my work. I just feel really down. Pastor, I'm really struggling in our marriage. Pastor, my kid's just, whoo, gone. Don't know what to do with them. Pastor, I just feel totally depressed all the time and totally discouraged in every situation and everywhere I go. I feel totally bleh. Pastor, I feel anxiety. I feel fear. I feel self-doubt. I feel like I'm a victim. I feel like overwhelmed by the expectations of the world that are placed upon me, by work, by my family. Have you opened up the word lately? Have you exposed yourself to what Jesus has to say about you? Have you opened up the word lately? Because when you do that, you're going to find encouragement and strength. When you read this, you're going to find out that God's never going to leave you. You might feel alone right now, but the word says that he is the shadow at your right hand, close, wherever you go. When you read the word, you're going to find out that he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When you mess up and make mistakes, you read the word, you'll find in there that it says, even when we are faithless and we are broken and we are just off the reservation, Jesus Christ remains faithful unto us and his promises never fail. You see, when you read the written word, you can experience the love of the living word, Jesus Christ. You learn the word firsthand. And then you will begin to fall in love with the written word as you begin to see the living word inside. Martin Luther captures this as the best image that I can convey to you. It's like a great... Martin Luther's this famous guy. He was a monk back in the day. He had some incredible things to say about the Christian faith. This is what he says about the Scriptures, the Bible. The Scripture is the manger in which we find the Christ child. Now, if you open up the Bible, this is such a good image because it even looks like a manger. You see that? Like a trough, a manger. A place where you will find Jesus Christ alive and well and at work. That's how powerful the word is. Reading this, learning this, falling in love with this will change your life. You will fall in love with the written word as you fall in love with with the living word who speaks through it. 
Now, let's not be mistaken. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the God of the Bible. We worship the God who speaks through the Bible. That's why the Bible is so important. The living word speaks through the written word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Dwell is a fantastic word. It's an incredibly uh, complex word, actually. It's translated in a bunch of different ways in the Bible. Um, if you go to the, the Hebrew, and it's connected to the, the, the Hebrew and the Greek are both connected in this regard. If you go to certain translations of the Bible, uh, it, it is translated up to 445 times in the Bible you get the word dwell. And that's because it can also mean abide, tent, nest, habitation, to tabernacle, house, a dwelling. You ever hear it like the word dwelling, right? To dwell in the word. When we talk about a dwelling, that's where you reside. That's where you live. So, so what Colossians is inviting us to do is let God's word dwell, that is house, that is live in you live in you. That means wherever you go, every moment of every day, in every situation, as you go throughout your experience of life, the Word lives in you as you live in the world. Wherever you go, God can speak into your life using these words. And call them to memory at just the right time when you need them. It will begin to shape and change the way you make your decisions. The way you relate to people. When you let the word live in you, it it comes out of you. Naturally. It's there when you need it. Something you can lean on and depend upon. And it is quick in your tongue to share with a friend who also needs to hear God's word. Let the word dwell or live in you as you live out your life. My hope is that there are going to be a lot of great ways over the next five weeks that you will be equipped and empowered. Equipped and empowered to open up your Bible and begin reading the word to dust it off open it up and start learning firsthand falling in love with firsthand and allowing it to shape your life living it firsthand the word of god there's a bunch of ways that we are going to try to do this as a church body um First off, I want to lift up to you that out in the atrium, i got to find it. Here it is. We have uh, keychains to help encourage you in this, uh, to help uh, equip you in doing this. If you go to the, the west side of the atrium, there's a bunch of keychains there. Um, grab one and make one and take it home with you. Put it in your pocket. Put it on the dashboard of your car. That way, when you're at Taco Bell waiting for your taco to finish, it, finish you like whip this out. And all of a sudden, you are living 
and allowing the word of God to live inside of you. You are coming back to it and allowing it to dwell in you by revisiting it as you're waiting for your Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> it's that easy. Seriously. Take this wherever you go. You got a moment? Read it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16. So we have these out in the atrium. Take one with you. Another great way, please, 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 please consider doing this. Uh, sign up for an Easter group. Today's the last day to sign up for an Easter group. If you have never been part of an Easter group or a small group experience of any kind, there are a few ways that, I mean, it's just incredible that there are a few words to even capture what it's like when you gather with other Christians who are also intimidated, who are also coming with their predispositions, who are coming to the Bible, maybe or maybe not, they've even ever cracked it open, just like you. And that you sit down and you begin to learn beside them and ask questions along with them. A small group, an Easter group experience is a safe place to start engaging and learning the Word. So if you are not in an Easter group, please, please consider. There are still a couple spots left to open in some of the groups. You can go to the East End. There are computers out there. Sign up for one. They happen throughout the entirety of the week. There's child care at many of them for some of you who have children. So please, please, please consider. I can't stress it enough. Get in an Easter group. Don't journey to Easter alone. Don't discover God's word alone. Do it with those alongside of you. So we've got a keychain. We've got Easter groups. There's a whole bunch more stuff that you can find on your own, like you know, apps out there for your Bible. Just Google Bible apps. There's a ton of them. So you can put it on your phone, carry it with you wherever you go. Put it on your iPad, your tablet, whatever. Keep it with you. They make pocket-sized Bibles. We want you, the hope is that you will be steeped in the Scriptures and that it will sink into the cracks and the crevices of your life. You will be so steeped in it that it will become infused in you and live in you. The last way that we're going to try to do this and live this out as a church body is every week we're going to give space to meditate. At the end of the sermon, every week, we're going to give space and time for you to just pray, to pray the scriptures, to take in the word of God and let it dwell in you, to learn it, to let God speak to you, let Jesus speak to you through it, and internalize it. We're going to do that visually on the screens. You're going to see that happening over there with the Jenga. You're going to hear it as I speak it. We're going to take time just to meditate on the Word of God. These next 40 days, they are about learning, loving, and living the written Word of God that you might come to know and understand crucified, the resurrected, and the now living Jesus Christ living word. It's going to get us ready for Easter. Let's take that time now. I invite you into a time of prayer and meditation on the scriptures.
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word handed down to us from generation of generation, given unto us this precious word. We ask that you would speak to us through it, open our hearts to it, get us ready for Easter through it. Let your word the words of Jesus Christ and what he has done and what he has accomplished, his love and his forgiveness that he has won for us, the claim that he has on our lives. Let his word and what he would say over us and to us dwell in us richly. We ask this in Jesus, your precious in your holy name. Amen.